the newly released affidavit, though heavily redacted, still providing new insight. It signals that the DOJ investigation is far from over and involves a grand jury. It confirms that criminal targets have been identified and that the FBI is looking for more. In the targets, you know, the Pearl thing, interesting, part of what I referenced earlier. And again, I'll dive into this in much greater detail as part of my top three takeaways coming up at 1135. And then also in today's Q&A at 1150. But specifically, that it looked like the FBI searching for the actors involved or the crim- criminal confederates, as the case may be, and the probable cause was obstruction not that trump unlawfully perhaps had these documents so there could be a lot more to this story let's get some insight and political reaction from ashley smith thomas uh, founder and ceo of freedoms fund usa ashley your take on the redacted affidavit well, it's really hard to have a really good takeaway when you've got 20 pages of 38-page documents significantly redacted and, or fully redacted because it made it difficult to really see on what premise the FBI was warranted to raid President Trump's private residence back on August 8th, two days after he spoke at CPAC Dallas. Um, you know, when looking at this affidavit, the DOJ, they agreed to release the affidavit but requested it to be redacted due to sensitive information in which Judge Bruce Reinhardt, a federal magistrate judge in Florida, had agreed to allow the redaction to be in place in order to release the affidavit. He's also the judge who approved the FBI uh, search warrant to search Mar-a-Lago in the first place. And when looking at this, um, when reviewing the affidavit, it states that, quote, the government is conducting a criminal investigation concerning the improper removal and storage of classified information in unauthorized spaces, as well as unlawful concealment or removal of government records. And this was uh, a result of a referral by the United States National Archives and Records Administration sent to the DOJ on February 9th, 2022. And what they did was they used the statutory authority in which the FBI chose to use to raid Mar-a-Lago, and that's U.S. Code 18, subsection 793, which states that information relating to national defense, which information the possessor has reason to believe could be used to the injury of the United States or the advantage of any foreign nation, willfully communicates, delivers, transmits, or causes to be communicated, etc. Therefore, it's alleged that President Trump had classified national defense information, and that is why the FBI raided their, uh, the property. However, you know, in this battle between President Trump and his attorneys and NARA, the National Archives uh, and Records Association, they say NARA is saying that President Trump and his attorneys have been delaying and then adhering to their requests that they put in back in February and April, in which Trump and his attorneys have claimed they've been responsive, very responsive and accommodating to the request. So really the question then comes into play is why now? Why now do they raid Mar-a-Lago? Uh, so what's interesting in this whole situation is that President Trump has requested a special master, an outsider to oversee the review of more than two dozen boxes and materials that the FBI seized uh, there at Mar-a-Lago. So U.S. District Court Judge Eileen Cannon in Florida She's inclined to grant Trump's request, but has not made a final decision. She has given the DOJ uh, a timeline, a directive to produce 
uh, more detailed list of items that were seized at Trump's residence by Tuesday, so tomorrow. Uh, and then also Thursday, uh, there'll be a hearing of whether President Trump indeed uh, will be granted his request for a special master. So this week is going to be very telling to see how the DOJ responds to Judge Cannon's request. Yeah, actually, you had a lot to offer there. And, you know, picking up on the point about the National Archives and the information provided to then-President Trump, you have in the affidavit, and, you know, granted, there's much more that we don't know than what we do, but the reference to the FBI having not identified all of the criminal Confederates or accomplices. So, if one is going to go, okay, well, why that kind of sense of urgency all of a sudden? You can begin to see how the pieces of the puzzle could come together. And while the focus is Donald Trump by virtue of the obstruction that they laid out in the affidavit, what it sounds like, the greater focus in the here and now, trying to figure out the scope of people that might have been involved in putting together the documents that were in the boxes in the first place and those that might have been involved in and the handling, the moving of them, as the case may be, as opposed to Trump himself. Because nowhere in the affidavit for what they disclosed is there a uh, criminal target, a criminal focus on Trump specific to the documents themselves. Absolutely. And and that's the thing, too. There's not a whole lot of clarity on what would be nice is if the affidavit showed more uh, pertaining as to really what's the full scope in terms of the FBI's investigation here. Who are they looking, who are they going after, and in what terms when they say that there was classified information and declassified information in which a president is allowed to have declassified information, and they and they acknowledge that in the affidavit, the question then comes into play, to you know, like earlier, why now? Because if President Trump left office back in January 2021, why now are all of a sudden are they trying to retrieve documents and look at what he had taken from the White House? And so that in itself is just questionable, the, the timing of everything. Um, really, President Trump and his attorneys have, have stressed that he's innocent, that he has not done anything wrong. He's been within his, his perimeter as a former president. Um, and then also conservatives have been really honing in on that, okay, well, if all of a sudden the National Archives in the DOJ and FBI are concerned about classified documentation, then why do we not see that type of outrage and raid, so to speak, uh, with Hillary Clinton when she had classified government documentation on an unsecure personal server computer and cell phone uh, where was the outrage there so it appears right now that there's clearly a double standard but it's going to be telling to see what the doj reveals to judge cannon here this week if anything at all um, and then whether president trump will be receiving his special master request so here in the days to come, it's going to be very telling, and hopefully more will be revealed from the DOJ and FBI as to really what's the true scope here, um, because that in itself is still quite unclear. Maybe James Comey will reemerge from the netherworld to tell us that no reasonable prosecutor would br bring a case against the former president of the United States. Um, Ashley Smith-Thomas, the founder and CEO of Freedoms Fund USA, always appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, very good points that Ashley is bringing up there. And this is going to be the, the subject of much of what I'm going to talk about 
with my takeaways today. Nowhere is the FBI saying that Trump unlawfully possessed these documents. Remember, we had that conversation early on after the raid. He's the president of the United States. He has absolute authority to go ahead and declassify anything he wants to. And in fact, there happened to be language, a standing declassification order that, hey, if I take stuff off premises, this goes back to George W. Bush, and it stood for every president since. If I take stuff off premises, it's automatically declassified. And there's nobody who can say boo about that. And Donald Trump would have been president of the United States when this happened. So, I mean, two sides of the story is one side of facts. What's interesting to note is that that is more or less acknowledged, at least by what was disclosed, and that it's obstruction. Just, hey, we want this stuff back, and we feel as though you are not giving it to us for whatever reason. That is what put Trump so specifically in the crosshairs. But the real focus, all the other people involved. And this is where there's some logic that you can apply to this, even in a non-conspiratorial way. And that would be, if you had people that were packaging stuff improperly and sending stuff with the president that they shouldn't have, are they still active in the federal government right now? And did they just figure out some of the people that might be involved with top-secret information that are mishandling it? You could understand why, at that point, they'd go, crap, we need to figure out the scope of the people involved, what positions they might be in, and make sure they're not doing stuff right now that's potentially compromising. That's one very plausible scenario based upon what we were able to discern from the redacted affidavit. Much more to come. Natalie, a trending story. We're going to take a look at the weekly stock market and cryptocurrency update after the Fed chair said there shall be pain. And it immediately began to be felt in the financial markets. Be right back here at the Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIOD.